Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Monday night recap. Lions Packers coming. This is CBS Sports' CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Got a super friend show. Also excited. Uh, Debo back in the producer booth. And a lot to talk about as the Green Bay Packers emerge triumphant 23-22 to over the Detroit Lions will break it all down, and uh, then we'll probably talk some more stuff and things, you know, like the uh, NFC best teams, best NFC teams as well. Imagine if you actually opened the rundown before you started the podcast where you would be. I have a lot of things going on. Thank you, Brian. Uh, that's Ryan Wilson. You can hear Sean Wagner giggling, and uh, John Breach also here wearing two coats. <laughs> Guys, it is like 20 degrees where I live. I live just north of the Arctic Circle. Sorry that we don't all live in a palace in Raleigh, North Carolina, Brenton. Your uh, your hair has the look of like somebody who's been trying to write picks and can't figure out what which game. Like, <laughs> you like been like doing like the thing where you're like, like you know what that is? Actually, I know exactly what happened. So Breach's hair is sort of sticking straight up in the front, and I think what he was trying to do, he saw Matt Lafleur's hair on television, where it sort of combed to the side. Breach couldn't get it to do that, so he just gave up in frustration. I was trying to match it so you guys would be confused. You would think that LaFleur went straight from the field to this podcast. When in fact, it is just me, guys. LaFleur is not I, a super friend. I want to call Brinson out for not telling the whole story when he, on the intro here. You said the Lions lost to the, or the Packers beat the Lions. Mm. The Packers and the officials beat the Lions. Well, let's get right into it because that's going to be the big storyline coming out of this Monday night football game. Um, Look, there were roughly, as there are in almost every primetime game, I would say roughly five or six calls that could have and probably should have gone a different way. But a three-call sequence or a three-call, uh, uh, three calls that were made in the span of about five minutes of game time completely altered uh, this this uh, this game. It, two of them involved Trey Flowers, the pass rusher for the Lions. And he was, um, he was rushing Aaron Rodgers on a third down, sacks Aaron Rodgers. They were the, the Lions sacked Aaron Rodgers and, uh, Flowers was whistled for hands, illegal hands to the face. Now, if you put your hand, if there's a defender, if you put your hand up in, uh, someone's face mask, an offensive player's face mask, it is in fact a penalty, uh, five yards, automatic first down. Can However, I ask you a question? Yes. Is illegal hands to the shoulder a penalty? It is not, in fact, a penalty. Uh, it is uh, perfectly legal, and that's what replays, like very clearly, replays showed uh, that Trey Flowers had. Was it was it uh, Balaga? Who did he have his hands on? Bakhtari. Bakhtari. David Bakhtari. Yeah, excuse me. He had his hands on David Bakhtari. Now, somebody, point, I think somebody pointed out either on the, the 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 broadcast or on Twitter, but like, you know, it's almost like Bakhtari was selling it. 
which if he was good for him, that doesn't matter. You should still be able to tell as an official whether or not he had his hand inside uh, up on the face mask. He did not. It was on his shoulder. It was perfectly legal. Um, you had uh, Booger McFarland freaking out. Joe Tess, eh, not really losing his mind. Uh, but everybody on Twitter in particular, you know, like, like you see like Chris Long's like, you know, pop up in your feed. He's like, what is happening? Like that's a very common move by, by, you know, by, uh, by pass rushers. After the first one of those is called, immediately afterwards, Aaron Rodgers takes a shot down the field, touchdown to uh, whatever Lazard's name is. I don't even know what, what's Lazard's first name. Jesus Lazard? His first Alan. name is Lizard. His last name is King. Alan. Alan Lazard. Jesus. Jesus Lazard. <laughs> Jesus I'm laughing. I'm laughing because Sean, Sean's joke just passed over everyone. And Thank no you, Brady. Thank him. you. That joke is worse than the um, Freddie Outhouse joke. By well, how does my Jesus Lizard not get a laugh? Sean, well, I, I was going to laugh at that, but I felt like no one laughed at mine, so it was a protest non-laugh. But and yours was – no, yours was bad, better that I wish I'd used Jesus Lizard. Yeah. But it, went on the, it went on the immediate play afterwards. It was on third and five, two plays later. Uh, Aaron Rodgers fires an absolute dime down the sidelines to uh, Alan Lazard. It's a touchdown. That brings the Packers within two points. In the ensuing possession on a second and six with seven minutes left in the game, uh, Matthew Stafford takes a deep shot down the field to Marvin Jones. And I don't know how to put this in any other way. He was effing mauled. They're he, not. It, it, was, he, it was, it was, it, it was, was mauled, but if they, if Matt Patricia, the wise Matt oh, Patricia. Oh, well, let's, well, let's, let's give that. But I mean, like, I, I don't remember who the defender was, but it was because it, it went to flag third. There was clearly, it was clearly pass interference. It was like an arm bar situation. Like it was like a full stop, you know, like the. the it's the, the flag we've seen a million times where it's an underthrown pass. The defender is catching up to a guy that beat him and he doesn't get his head around. And so he runs into the guy and takes him out before the ball arrives. We've seen this called a red, million times. Red and for some reason, this wasn't the time it was called. It was like watching the ultimate warrior fly off the ropes and clothesline someone. Like that's how egregious this was. It was unbelievable this wasn't called and i know that Will redmond was the defender officials ab- absolutely uh you know you can't challenge it because you're gonna lose but at this point in the game i felt like patricia had nothing to lose if he had challenged it because it was so late in the game uh why not go for it but breach and, and, but then you have another arguing point then you call for you bombs oh i'm just saying that this is i think you should challenge it I, I let think- me ask you this so if he challenges it what percent chance is it getting overturned? Uh, Ten. One out of twenty-four. Four percent. Because that's how many have been overturned. No, no. I mean, look, 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 look. I agree with Not John. I agree with John in the sense of you got to, you should challenge it because what you've been told. Hold on. I, I, look, what you've been told is that if you you are allowed to challenge replay and that you should uh, throw the flag there and challenge it. I also agree with Ryan that it wasn't going to get overturned because we've seen what the, what the officiating office has done and they were very unlikely to do it. And so it's a real catch 22 for, for Matt Patricia. If he challenges it, he's down to two timeouts. That's right. He needs those timeouts towards the end there. And they got, we haven't gotten to that point, but they got screwed again. <laughs> he actually did the but right. He, he didn't end up needing it because like the end of the, those timeouts didn't matter because the Packers ran out they the clock. They would have mattered if not for that last idiotic penalty. But yes. if you if you win the challenge though, then you probably win the game. So he's not going to win the if, challenge though. If there's a four percent chance you win that challenge, you win the game if you win John, that challenge. What planet are you skyping us from? Because you are. <laughs> I told you cold. from north of the Arctic Circle, Ryan. 
we don't even have football here. That was the first game I've ever watched because it was near the Arctic Circle at Lambeau haven't, John, Field. John, haven't we been saying on every single podcast to these coaches to stop wasting your timeouts and challenges, by ch- even if it's clear, because they're just not getting overturned? But yes, like and I agree with this. that for the most part. In 99% of the situations, I agree with that. The game I is think. over if he if he challenges it. I wouldn't have hated and it. And wins the challenge. I understand why yeah. he didn't challenge it. You guys are uh, smoking some good stuff. Because it right. wasn't getting overturned. You know that. But let's get – probably – that's the problem. But, like, that's the problem. This is, that's another this is, problem. Look, again, we'll get to it in a second, but that's the issue that the NFL has created is that it's told these 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 coaches to challenge pass interference and then has repeatedly told them, we're not going to return it, so don't bother challenging it. Where it do is, you think Al Riveron was when that pass interference took place? I guarantee you he wasn't watching the game. He was in the hot tub, drinking some champagne, <laughs> listening to uh, – Steely Dan. Jesus, <laughs> Steely Jesus Dan. Does. Yeah. Here's here's one more thing though is that and this this kind of blows my mind. I want to go back to the Trey Flowers illegal hands that well, face calls. The fact that there was a third one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep third, going. Keep going. Because, so uh, the the Lions, of course, do not convert. They uh, they they uh, they had to punt because uh, the next play was uh, incomplete to to Marvin Jones as well. They punt. Um, the Packers get the ball with 6:46 left. They drive down the field. They're chewing up clock. It's very, very clear that uh, Matt Matt Lafleur is putting this in uh, in Mason Crosby's hands, and he wants to kick a field goal to win the game or get as close as he can, and then let his defense play. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets them a uh, first down at the two minute warning. They uh, they run a short pass. Detroit calls timeout. Jamal Williams goes up the middle for two yards on a first and ten. They call another timeout. Second and eight, up the middle for four yards, timeout. Third down, Aaron Rodgers throws a pass deep left, and it was pretty ballsy to throw it on this play. Like, you could have melted a ton of clock, run the ball, and kicked. They took a shot into the end zone. It's uh, incomplete to Kumaro. And then the refs throw the exact same flag. Not the refs, Cleet Blakeman. Cleet Blakeman, who's like one of the last remaining veteran referees in this freaking league, throws the same exact flag for illegal hands in the face, and it's the exact same thing. He's got it by the shoulder. So that means no one from the NFL officiating office called down and said, hey, dude, you just blew that bad. Keep an eye out for that in the future. Uh, that that results in a, uh, a first down for Green Bay. They melt and up. By the way, worth, worth noting, that happened with 145 to go. So if John had challenged it, they would have been screwed before that because they would only had two t- two t- timeouts. Well, well, okay, right. I'm just calling out John. Right. No, no you're incorrect because then the Lions would have scored. The, the whole complexion of the game would have changed. The yeah, Packers would have... No more time to talk. No. Keep, keep <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, the, the, the Lions used their last time out before that play. Yeah, been... and that's the key thing is that first down ends the game because then the Packers don't have to score. And the Lions actually tried to let the Packers score in the next play. And uh was it Jamal Williams did that awkward half-sit-down thing at the three-yard line wisely, and then they kick a field goal. The thing I couldn't believe is the third down play that we're talking about, the hands in the face, I was convinced they were throwing holding on the Packers because Rodgers was was hanging back there for so long, and the Lions were starting to slowly, you know, every second gain penetration. They threw the flag, and I was like, oh, my God, like, they're the out, Lions, of, they're out of field goal. Should the Lions take this penalty and like yeah. gamble? They don't give up a third and you know seventeen, or do they just settle? Like okay, we'll give up the lead and we got the ball back. And then it was hands in the face. You're like, oh my god! And then you look at the replay. It is the identical hand placement on the shoulder. Does it know? Because like immediately was, the reaction was like, if this is a face mask, like if this is hands in the face again, that would be really awkward because it already feels like the refs are sort of helping out Green Bay a little bit more than they are Detroit. And then he's like. 
illegal hands in the face. And, and then they show the replay, and you're watching it in slow motion, and then you realize, like, slowly, half second by half second, oh, my God, it is the exact same non-call. It's the exact same non-penalty. And they both came on third down. That's the crazy thing. Like, that, that that's the killer, because if, if that is not called, it's fourth down and four. The Packers are kicking a field goal, and the first one, if they don't get it on that third and ten, uh, they're punting. So either way, it is that's how huge it is. And what I was going to say earlier about this call specifically is it blows my mind that this is not automatically reviewable. I get all the pass interference crap because that's a subjective penalty where we can argue all day. But hands to the face either happens or it doesn't. It is black and white. It is easy to look at. We could literally watch on every replay and say, what the hell is the ref looking at? Because Trey Flowers' hands are not on this guy's face. It's just a horrible, horrible flag. Uh, so it blows my mind that something that is objective is not reviewable, especially in a, a critical situation like that. It actually, Booger actually had a line that I thought was his best line of the night. After the first one, the ESPN officiating expert, whoever it is, John was like, was like, we can't review those because they're subjective. And Booger, there's like a pause and Booger goes, that is not subjective. Like his hand <laughs> is not on his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, um, look, people, uh, I'm not, we're not going to get in the business of commenting about other people's uh, broadcast booths, but uh, Booger made a lot of, well, there's no way to do it, but he made. If it's good, we can't say good things. I just don't want to open up the can of worms, a Pandora's box, if you will. But Booger's screed at the end about the referees and going off on the referees was good. Like that's yeah, what, that's what good. you got to do that. Like, cause it felt and like guess what? John Perry had no he's like, You're right. Why would he ever retort? The referees screwed this completely. And hey, by the like, way, yeah. Um it gets even worse. John was talking about why why you shouldn't be able to read that, um, in much the same way Booger was. Um if you take a look in Slack, apparently the touchdown by um Alan Lazard wasn't a touchdown. Short. Yeah, he was short. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't reviewed either. So yeah. what is Al River on So that touchdown made it twenty two twenty, I believe. That mm-hmm. touchdown that, that, um, Alan. No, Jesus no, no, that made. wasn't the Alan Lazard touchdown. It was the other one, I think. Oh, okay. Cause Lazard is in the corner and it was like in the end zone. It's a it. touchdown that is clearly short that they're supposed to it automatically by, look at. It is short by eight inches at, at the very minimum. Sure. Maybe a foot at most. It's definitely and, short though. It's, it's and they, had, they had the actual pylon camera taking that shot, which the NFL presumably has. So access. they didn't look at it, which means okay, they so did not look. Let's. Let's, we can get into a global discussion about that in just one second. I do want to point out, Andrew Brandt did note on Twitter, the fall meetings, actually in Fort Lauderdale, uh, owners meetings start tomorrow or today for people listening on Tuesday. So. But what are they going to do? Nothing. They're you not got to do anything. You got to well, do like, What is, what is the solution? They have crappy refs. Are they, are they just going to bring everyone who retired and, you know, pay That's them a the million issue. dollars each? I think the issue is bigger than that. I think the issue is fire Al river on whoever's in charge has no real interest in, and I feel like he's probably getting his orders from someone above him because remember the first few weeks they were overturning. They were flipping everything. Calls. Sure, sure. They've quit doing that. They flipped, the, they flipped the one in Seattle, Pittsburgh and it's, and the Seahawks beat the Steelers. He was going to be in first place. They could. Speaking of that, by the way, I'm sure you saw my tweet. <laughs> which one? Yeah, yeah. Which one? <laughs> uh, here's the NFC North right now. Packers five and one, Vikings four and two, Bears three and two, Lions two two and one. Here's the NFC North. If the Lions win that game on Monday night, which I feel like they probably should have won, seems fair. They won, yeah, of course. Okay, here would be the NFC North if the Lions had won. Lions first place three one and one. 
Packers four and two, Vikings four and two, Bears three and two. The refs botching that is literally the difference between them being into first place and last place in the division. And it, just for the record, it's not just Lions fans who feel screwed because I guarantee you Bears and Vikings fans wanted the Lions to win this game. Of so it screwed over the entire – this is – we're talking about the best division in football where you can make a convincing playoff argument for all four teams, right? It's going to come down to one game. It's probably going to come down to week 17, I would imagine, or at least week 16. And this is 100% now has put the Packers in the driver's seat where I think they're going to win the division now. It's going to come down yeah. to one, one game. It's going to be week six. It's, it's week six. The Lions are going to miss the playoffs because of this game. Because well, it's but and even if the Packers make the playoffs like over one game over the Vikings, this is the game that got them in. Sure. Like yeah. I'm saying, the Senate just screwed the Lions. This screwed the Bears and the Vikings as well. Yes, but I mean the point being is that the NFL instituted these replay changes as a method of preventing a catastrophic uh, issue happening that would out, uh, alter the outcome of a season or an outcome of a game. And what are we doing? Because they're not out there. Now, maybe you'd have more of a case if Patricia had challenged it. But, like, let's – look, well, no, I'm just saying, but these – I mean, I look, I, we all agree with you. There's a, a small chance of being overturned. But they, they need – they have to put in some kind of overarching review system. And I, I don't know I don't know how it's going to work because Al Riveron, like you said, he's not even checking the touchdowns. Like he's not even looking at turnovers or touchdowns. How, how, how's, how's, how's this for an idea? Get rid of instant replay. You've already you said that before. I mean, uh, so, so we talk. We, we've complained about the officials before. I don't think the get solution actually better by giving them fewer tools. How about you well, use they, the tools they properly? Don't, they, hey, they don't get better by having more tools. You and what tools it does is properly. just slow down the game and create more controversy. That's like think, saying I'm going to run a marathon, but I don't <laughs> like my shoes. So I'm going to run barefoot. Get shoes to fit. I don't understand that analogy, but with a torn ACL, that's not a. That's not but a, but Sean, if we get rid of that's instant going on replay John's analogies, Twitter account. <laughs> if we, that's, a good, that's a perfect John gets it. If we get rid of instant replay, if the NFL dumps instant replay, Sean, what you know? What's your reaction tonight to tonight's game where they still blew twenty five calls? Are we saying oh there, there was no option to turn anything over, so it was okay, so we're not mad about it? Or are we saying uh, maybe there should be a system in place that can fix dumb errors like this that are obvious? I'm saying is that they have a system, and, and clearly they can't manage the system. So then why even have the system? So to answer John's question, what do you say about tonight's game with no instant replay? I, 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 look at, I say officiating is a hard job live, and if they don't have instant replay, then we should be you know more lenient on them. It's, it's more inex- No, it's more inexcusable that there is replay, and they can't, and they can't get it right. Yeah, I'm, if I'm, they can't, they won't. But, the I was, they, but I was showing here, if you're going to F up everything left and right, what's the point of it? Just F it up naturally, fix right? It. Like, why don't you just fix it? Why? I mean, you're overcomplicating. How do you fix it? What is the answer? I mean, here's the problem. I like the idea of having a signing. I don't, I don't know. Taking your fourteen billion dollars and paying a couple of people to watch the games. I've seen this then, a few times. And then buzz in and say, "Hey, um, that was uh, that was not hands to the face. Do not uh, pick up that flag. Uh, just FYI, we saw the replay. Done. What's the but, problem? Why would you trust Al River on the NFL to do that based on what they've done so far this they year? They haven't done it. But I think you could take the idea from the Alliance of American Football. Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, you know, cross you did a, a three cross. That's <laughs> it's a triangle, by the way. I, you know, it's the Pope, a religion, man. That's literally, what's tweeting at the Saints? It's been a confusing week for religion. Uh, 
But but they had that sky judge in the AAF. You know, that was their idea. You have a guy, somebody at the stadium, so the Al Riveron isn't dealing with it 5,000 miles away in New York. You literally have an extra official at the game who's watching multiple monitors, who has access to all these views, and they're at the game, uh, and they can buzz down and say, hey, look, nobody grabbed anybody's face mask. There's no penalty. Let's uh, keep going. So That's literally it, what I just said. No, well, you didn't. You said, "Well, they can't do that, so we should do we should do nothing." You, Me and Sean yeah, just bro, get angry. I said, "I love the idea, but I don't trust these guys to implement it because they can't even handle basic replay reviews right now." That's uh, I, I thought, I thought you, yeah, I thought you were saying each somebody in New York should be watching each game. Where I'm saying they should just copy. Said, put it in the stadium or do do whatever you want. I mean, who cares? Like I could, I'll do it here. I'll do it at my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's, what, that's, that's how the thing. You can't get Twitter to agree on anything, like, on any topic, but for all these calls, you have Twitter, like, 100% unanimous about what the call should have been, and the fact that Twitter can agree on something, and you can't, and the guy in charge of of officiating can't get it right, I mean, that is just... And the fact that Twitter has, agrees on something that has to do with the Detroit Lions. Like, that's a team that literally half of America does not care about. The only reason they're watching tonight was to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because they probably want to root for him or watch Aaron Rodgers. And then all of a sudden, they're siding with the Lions. If you did something to get everyone to side with the Lions, you have just – you need to blow it up and start over. And, look, part of the problem is you are um... – you're bringing gambling into the game. You are making it acceptable and legal as part of the game. You are, uh, in, you know, you're, you're embracing it. If you're the NFL, you are asking people, you, you're bragging constantly about how many people watch your product. And it's hard. I'm not, I don't think that the NFL games are fixed, but it's pretty hard not to wonder, like, why would you want to bet on something that is? It's like, incompetence. It's not fixed. Right, right. I agree. But I'm saying, like, why would you want to bet on something? That is going to be determined by the outcome, like by by an unpredictable and unfair, like patently unfair outcome that that is solely placed on human error and is easily correctable. Like that's, I, I don't know. Because gambling is an addiction, you can't help yourself. Right, because it's fun. That's the only answer I have. Look, I don't gamble. I haven't gambled in since Sean was in diapers. Since you were both in college. But even I, but I mean, just watching as a neutral observer, and like I said before we started recording. I, you know, you watch football game and there's terrible calls. You're like, okay, well, that's just like Sean says, incompetence. Tonight felt different. Like it was just one stupid call after the next. And I, I give Trey Flowers a lot of credit for not drop kicking uh, Cleet Blakeman to the uprights because if he'd done that, I'd have been like, you know what, Cleet Blakeman had it coming. I'm not condoning violence. He would have landed safely and been fine, but he would have deserved to, to travel 50 yards in the air and land on the other side of the field. All right, look, uh, do you think it's at all like the uh, like the catch rule where the NFL's like, yeah, this is insane, but man. People are getting riled up about it. They're talking about games. I don't think they're they talking. care. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's that, but I don't like nothing's going to change. You like, know, I, you, I really you don't know, you know when the NFL change. cares is when they send memos to the teams to tell their players to stay inside for the national anthem, like a few years ago. Yeah. No one ever gets a memo about crappy calls ever. I think Sean's exactly right. I mean, like, is Roger Goodell at home watching this game? Is he not like, man, that sucks for the Lions? Hold He's on. in the hot tub without River on. They're having a good chuckle. <laughs> Packers in the playoffs. He, he's, he's looking at the early TV ratings. He's like, ooh, a 91.3 in Detroit. That's a record by uh, 50 points. I more penalties, see, more controversy, guys. I yeah, I don't, don't think they I, care. I, think I don't see how you could watch this game and not be upset about the product that you're, that you're covering. By, by uh, the way, an, yes. can I make a non-officiating comment? You, well, we, we should talk about the game, too. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I was just going to say, uh, you were doing the hypothetical, what if the Lions had won this game where they'd be? And I know you, with the Broncos especially, love to do the, like, what if. The Lions are really close to being undefeated, or at the very least, like, 4-1. and one. They blew an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter of the Cardinals in Week 1. They led by three in the final 30 seconds against the Chiefs, and they lost and, that and game. And the Cardinals, remember, Matt Patricia called the timeout. Right. When they would have had the... Yeah, so, some of this is self-inflicted. I'm not saying this is like, oh, like, they've just had bad luck. This A lot of this is self-inflicted. And even tonight, like, we're focusing on the refs. They had a 13 nothing lead that should have been a lot bigger. TJ Hawkinson dropped the touchdown that really should have been caught. Um, he he lost possession when he came down and hit the ground. They settled for field goals the entire Matt, night. Matt Rader scored, like, 42 fantasy points. And right, they, right, right. They let the Packers hang around. They let Aaron Rodgers hang around at in, in Lambeau Field. Right. On prime time, and they paid the price. But I mean, look, they got screwed. No, 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 I'm not saying they didn't get screwed, but I'm just saying this team is really close to being a lot better than two, two, and one. And some of it is the rest fault, like tonight, but some of it is also very self-inflicted. Yeah, and speaking of self-inflicted, you know, one call the refs did get correct came in the first quarter, I believe, when the Lions did make a stop on the Packers' offense, and the Packers were lining up for a field goal. And guess who had 12 men on the field mm. on a fourth and five? Uh, the rest could count that easily. I don't know what else they can do, but they can count. So the Lions got called for 12 men on the field on a fourth and five. Gave Packers a free first down. Packers score a touchdown on that drive. And that is another turning point. So, I mean, there is a lot of Lions blame to go around. They got inside the Packers' 10-yard line three times and only scored one touchdown. I don't know how you only score one touchdown on three trips inside another team's 10-yard line. That's bad red zone offense. So, I mean, there is definitely – we can pour like 90% of this on the officials, but the Lions definitely shot themselves in the foot quite a few times in this game. Uh, I thought Matthew Stafford was uh, very good early on. M- missed some throws later, and the, and the Packers' defense kind of tightened up. But Kenny Galladay, 121 yards. This is like the first stat we're reading right now. It's like, uh, Matthew Stafford, 18 of 32 for 265 yards. Felt like he played better than his stat line. He was good. He's playing some really good football and they just couldn't get it going in the red zone. Carry on Johnson, 13 carries, 34 yards and a touchdown. Um, uh, also had 27 receiving yards. TJ Hawkinson, four catches, 21 yards. Marvin Jones, two catches, 17 yards. Meh. Um, Alan Lazard, the 65 receiving yards. Rodgers, 24-39 for uh, 283 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Could have been more. That pick should not have happened. It was kind of what we saw happen with Baker Mayfield recently, where it's like not a perfectly thrown pass, yeah. but at the that same time, hit, hit the guy it was, in the face. It was a little bit. No, guys, stop. I'm not saying this is Aaron Rodgers' fault, but he did throw it a little bit behind him, and that's what caused the receiver to slip, and as he's, and as he's falling down, it hits him in the helmet. I'm not again. I'm not you, blaming this on Aaron Rodgers, but his Sean, ball placement was blaming bad. Aaron Rodgers. You are blaming Aaron Rodgers. You are so if the ball hits you in the face, what should you do? If the, if I was throwing the ball at your face, what would you do? He's running to his left. Would you put the your hands thrown to his balls thrown to the right? So he has to stop. No, he going to the left. There was only three feet of field left because he was going out of bounds. Rodgers, do you guys, had a, do you guys it, have any sense of nuance? I'm not saying it should have resulted in an interception. I'm saying Rodgers could have thrown the ball better, and at worst, he deserved an incompletion. Ball. I actually have rewatching it. I'm gonna to have to agree with Sean. Yeah. I don't think. How, how is this controversial? You guys both oh, yeah. think the replay no, 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 no. should go if he, if he throws it, if he throws it to his outside shoulder, it's yes. a catch, and he's down at the two yard line. Brenton, you more than anyone should know. If someone's firing stuffed animals at your face, you want to get your hands up. You got hit in the face. <laughs> you got really angry at Pete Prisco. All you had to do is put your hands. <laughs> I mean, you have to catch that pass. It's it's a no brainer. Yeah. Do you think? Shepard I agree. The interception. Just uh, just just really quick. Uh, 
This is from Matt Schneiderman. I believe he covers the Packers. Aaron Rodgers taking blame for the pass that hit Darius Shepard in the face before Lions intercepted at the goal line. Said he still would have liked to have it, but that he threw it a little bit behind Shepard. Do you uh, think that's Shepard what we call a dunk. Uh, wh- when's the dunk. last time Aaron Rodgers ever called out a teammate He's in public? He's always passive aggressive against his coaches, never calls out his teammates. You oh, know, so he, he's going to go, oh, that, um, did I throw darts at a picture of that dude? I will say pass. the Packers pass catchers, they were shorthanded, obviously, without Devontae Adams. They were terrible. And, like, I agree, Aaron Rodgers' stats in this game should have been a lot better. Uh, Jimmy Graham also dropped – a touchdown that was an incredible throw moving to his left on the run by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I thought, I thought Rodgers was great. I'm just pointing out that the throw could have been better. And real quick on Stafford. So, oh, just re- really quickly. Somebody created a John Breach's analogies thing and it's at Breach Analogies on Twitter. And it's great. It's like Ryan Tannehill is like a peanut you find on the ground that's been there for five seconds. You can still have it. Marcus Mariota is the French fry that's been in the couch for six months. It's just done. You throw it away. It's over. It's like he's tweeting out actual reach analogies. It's amazing. And that was an incredible analogy. Yeah, I got to follow. Like, it's nice to know they listen to the podcast. Um, he's like, uh, well, now you get now there's a lot of pressure on you to follow to come up with some analogies. I mean, now I'm not going to make any, and uh, then, the, and right. then the, a cat will just die. Like the Lions' chances of winning tonight, thanks to the no. officials. What were you say about Matthew Stafford? Well, I was going to say, first half, 12 of 16, 219 yards. Second half, 6 of 16, 46 yards. So it was a combination of the Packers clamping down. Stafford definitely wasn't as on target as he was in the first half. I mean, yeah, but, so- if, but if Marvin Jones catches that, it goes to 7 of 16 for like 100, you know, 100 yards. Or if they challenge it, the PI. <laughs> We're, not, We're not getting back to this. Uh, John, what did you uh, what did you think about a Matt Prater banging down forty two field goals and b Mason Crosby's walk off Lambo leap? Okay, here's the thing. I was actually nervous because we saw what Mason Crosby did last year, where he missed four field goals against the Lions. He missed. He was kicking at like fifty percent at one point. And in my head, I was thinking, are the Packers really running this clock down to kick a field goal? You watch, guys were slipping all over the field. So you have to think the ball was a little moist. Your snapper to your holder, they slip anything. Like the kicker slips, the holder drops it, the snapper snaps it high, snaps it low. Like literally anything can happen when the field is not in a great condition. So I was actually surprised that they played for the field goal there. But it was a Crosby and Matt. 19-yard field goal. 19-yard field goals have been missed before. Ever seen Ace Ventura? By the way, John. What do you know about pressure, By the way, John, moist. That word I hate more than you. I was was actually going to ask John to describe the field positions (laughs) one more time for us. The Ryan special. Uh, Yeah, but Prater had – Lambeau is not an easy field to kick. Hit a 54-yarder and I think a 50-yarder, 51. So he had two field goals over 50 yards. That does not happen often at Lambeau Field. And then on a moist field. And never happens on a moist field. I hope he goes home and makes some moist cupcakes to go along with his fantastic performance on a moist field. But, yeah, so this was a kicking clinic. What a banner week for special teams. We got the fair catch free kick, and, and we cr- capped you it. Mason, you didn't want Mason Crosby kicking 19-yarder. By the way, that 54-yarder, I was like, please don't don't kick it. Oh, great kick, because that was a fourth and two. Yeah. And now that, that's another example of, all right, why are you turtling up? But Matt Prater knows more than we do. Uh, yeah. Okay, so – Anything else you want to talk about from the game? Otherwise, we'll just maybe- one more thing. Mason uh, Crosby 
should not have done that Lambo leak. Thank you. <laughs> they, cheat, they cheated their way to the victory. You just walk off and you, you just say. You walked off a 19 yard field goal, man. You didn't make a 50 yard field goal. <laughs> like, what are you doing? The you made an old fashioned extra point. Lambo leak. I was kind of, I felt bad because, um, they've been cutting to like shots of, uh, Matthew Stafford's wife the entire time. You know, she just had that brain tumor. And they had that, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that Jeremy Schapp feature in the countdown before? I was like bawling in my house. Like, just like, you know, talking about like how, like Matthew Stafford wears this like Kelly Strong bracelet yeah, on it. And it, like Matt Ryan made that, Matt Ryan, his wife made that for the, the Stafford family and like all their friends to like wear like while she was going through the whole process. And like she's there front row, like, you know, like six months after having a tumor removed from her brain. I mean, it was a very emotional thing. And then like Mason Crosby makes the field goal. They're like, and here's Mason Crosby's wife. And it's like, all right, all right. That's well, she went through some stuff too, right? Was that on one of the pregame shows as well? Yeah, I think so. Either uh, way, just don't jump into the crowd. We Do we all agree that – or it sounds like Breach doesn't agree. But do we all agree the Packers made the right call at the end, which, you know, mattered for gambling by not taking the touchdown? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah, we all agree, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the alternative you, is you a, score it's a amazing. Touchdown. It's amazing that Jamal Williams caught himself. Well, if you look at the replay, you can see Aaron Rodgers yelling at him, like oh, four really? yards behind him. He's going, "Get down!" Get. Down. I don't know if that why if that's why he did. Or Williams just like sees a hole and he's like, "Yeah, boy." Well, it's like in the, who was it on the Giants Super Bowl where he tried to stop himself but like oh, couldn't? Yeah. He stopped. He stopped. Right? <laughs> no, he, he, he tried at the one and then he Williams back. Like, he like fell backwards into the end zone. Yeah, but Williams. No, Bradshaw stopped in time. Right? Yeah, he stopped himself, I think. No, he fell. He fell into the end zone. I thought he stopped himself. No, uh, I would also on this uh on the Jamal Williams non touchdown. You were there, Sean. You can tell us. I don't there know. was a better who had a parlay going. He needed the Packers to cover four points to win forty eight thousand dollars, and he probably jumped out of his chair when he saw Jamal Williams burst red hall only to fall at the one-yard line and cost this man $48,000. That is the bad beat. Oh, no, no, Bradshaw did fall in this. Right, Thank you. Right, yeah, there you go, Sean. I didn't, I didn't remember that. <laughs> he, like, like, he gets, like, he gets to the one, he's like, ah, ah, he, he, like, tries to sit in midair, and then the, yeah, the midair chair collapses. No, that's right, because there's a minute left, and that's how um, they ended up getting that Hail Mary shot to Gronk on the other end. That's right, you're right. Apologies. We were there working. We so were accepted. actually at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's <laughs> Ryan for sure. We're drinking through that Super Bowl. Fun fact: Ryan had to leave media day early at that. I've Super told this story before on a podcast. I feel like have you? What was it? We well, were, Tuesday, you, the media day Tuesday before. This is Super Bowl, the one in Indianapolis where the Ahmad Bradshaw. What year is this? 2012, January, February 2012, the 2011 season. Ryan's first Super Bowl. Mario Manningham makes the catch from Eli when they beat the uh, – Bradshaw falls at Kinson. Yeah. yeah. A, a not-so-fun fact, Aaron Rod, uh, Aaron, excuse me, Aaron Hernandez was actually at media day because he played on the team there. I took a couple of photos of him back when I was uh, taking photos of people because it was my first Super Bowl. And I was, like, scrolling from a couple of years ago. That's weird. But, yeah, that's that actual media day, 45 minutes before seeing Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski and everyone else. Had a long night Monday night. So walked into the uh, RCA down – what's it called now? Lucas Oil Stadium. It was called that then too. Yeah, and um, <laughs> they had the, they had the media day on the field for Super Bowl. Yeah. Much younger guy in my mid thirties. Walk down the the steps to go to media day. Take a hard left. Go right back up the steps to the bathroom. At eleven, it was early to eleven a.m. So I'm in there, not feeling great, and I'm thinking, and there's a guy in there that's using the bathroom like anyone normal person would be doing. I'm sure he's like, God, this guy is a moron. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a uh, bottom of the barrel for the. Uh, for the week. Fun fact, Ryan puked his brains out in the in the in the Louisville Stadium. Anyway. In my defense, 
I came back downstairs and, and rallied and, and worked hard. Awesome. In his defense, that was right after his 50th birthday. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, Lions coming up next. This is unfortunate. Lions had the Vikings at home. It's going to be hard to come back. Short week. Go back. Divisional game against a tough opponent. Play the Vikings. But, I mean, you know, we'll see. They can certainly hang. The Lions are good. Then they get the Giants at home. That's pretty big. Then at Raiders, at Bears are their next four games. So they they got to put together some wins. They got to figure out how to put together some wins. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction right now. The Packers are not winning this division. Okay. Bad, bad prediction, Ryan. I don't want to believe your prediction, but I don't believe it. Packers they are frauds. They might be frauds. The Packers have four games until they're, uh, they're by. First up is the Raiders at home at, uh, 1 p.m. next week. Then they're 8.20, uh, NBC Sunday what? night. At- I want, I want to ask Ryan something real quick because this has to do with the Packers schedule. Before we get to the, Meat of the Packers schedule going forward. I want to ask him the fraudulent part, Ryan. Was the 10-3 win over the Bears fraudulent? Well, well I don't, was that week one? That was yeah. week one. That was the first game of the year. Yeah, was, no, that, no, that wasn't was fraudulent. The, was no. the 27-16 win over the Broncos fraudulent? No, because the Broncos are, are terrible. Was the 34-24 win over the Cowboys fraudulent? Wow, this really um, is Matt LaFleur on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was a legit win because they did it without Devontae. Was the 21-16 win over the Vikings fraudulent? Uh, no, because Kirk Cousins is terrible. So they have four legit wins. How can they be frauds? No, I'm a, Yeah, I'm a, and wins I'm a, are over the Vikings and Bears. Who they've beaten every team think. in the division. They're, they basically have the divisional tiebreaker wrapped up. I'm sorry, right, guys. Saucy, I think the Packers John, are going to we'll win see. Maybe it's the inner Matt LaFleur just coming By out. By the way, like, we should thank Matt LaFleur for joining the podcast today. I know that he just had a big win, wants to be on celebrating, said he's here chumming it up with us. Yeah, Matt, surprised that you were here instead of uh, going to the bank to get all that money for the referees. They're going to lose the three of the next four, by the way. Lions, the Raiders at home, at Chiefs, at Chargers, Panthers at home before they're by. How, how do you think they do uh, heading into the just, break? Which I we will told you. To. They're going to lose three or four. Okay, John, how do you think they're going to do? I don't think they're going to lose. Yeah, I think two and two at worst, at worst. But I think they go three and one. I agree, three and one. For real? They're going to lose two at worst. They're going to lose to the Raiders. You think they're going to lose to the Chargers? Listen, you can't. John, listen, listen. You cannot give John Gruden two weeks to prepare for you. (laughs) He will destroy you. I actually wouldn't be surprised if the, the Raiders kept that close next week. I think they will. And I think the Chiefs will win because um, – Suffice uh, to say, the Chiefs will destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some NFC teams to watch out for. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. Okay, that was a fun discussion about a football game that broke out uh, amid a bunch of referee situations. Um, let's rank the best teams in the NFC. Because the AFC is a disaster. The AFC is Should we do top five teams? Sure. Top five works for me. Let's start at number five. We'll make it interesting. By the way, I uh, just want to point out before we do that. I should probably rank these before we start. Keep talking. Two pieces, just two pieces of news that we're not going to talk about at length, but I'm throwing them out there. We'll cover more uh, with Brady Quinn on the Brady Quinn Football Show, which you can watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash CBS Sports. It's usually up by like 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. Also be up on Wednesday morning on the podcast feed. Um, Cam Newton is expected to return to practice next week, according to a report from Adam Schefter of ESPN. Be very interested to see what happens and how he practices and what they do with him. If if he if his foot's actually healed and he's 100% healthy, great, bring him back. If not, just just hold off. You don't need him back until he's healthy. Um, and uh, Bruce Arian said he is not going to consider a quarterback change for now. Uh, but as far as the NFC teams, hey Ryan, are you still uh you still think that the uh, Buccaneers are going to win that division? When did I say that? Like two weeks ago, right? Back me up here, Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was I, two I or three that. weeks ago for sure. Not the I would also point out, and this has nothing to do with the the NFC, but uh, the Broncos should be playing. I don't know if I mentioned this. The Broncos should be playing for first place. I'll bring uh, up the Broncos thing in three weeks. That Broncos team that got handily defeated by the Packers, Wilson. Your fraudulent Packers. Why is John all over the Packers all, right. all of a sudden? So, uh, NFC title game, man. I'm going to stand by them. The, the game right. where you didn't wear a, a jacket and tie? <laughs> man, top five NFC is hard to do. We are, we were talking, it's a, it's a cluster. Do you have anybody from the NFC East in there? No. No. You want me to start with number five while you guys are finishing up? I can't decide about five. Sure. Go five. I'll go first. At number five. The Detroit Lions. My Detroit Lions. (laughs) I was kidding. Good job. All right. Cool. Is it because Matt Patricia is your favorite coach now? He's my second favorite coach after uh, Zach Taylor. Next question. (laughs) That's mean, man. That's low. (laughs) Sean, who you got? Right. He wants to say Matt Nagy so bad. I'm going to say the Bears. I knew it. Um, I wanted to put the Vikings slash Bears, but I felt like that was going to be frowned upon. So I will pick the Bears over the Vikings because I don't see how the Vikings, again, I say this every week, will beat the Bears. Um, I do think there are a number of teams, though, you could put in that fifth spot. I think the Panthers also deserve to be in that fifth spot. Um, This is a cluster. I it's really hard to sort through. Well, I, I have my top four pretty nailed down. What are the Bears doing in there? What are you They're doing? three and two. They're three and two with the Sean. The Bears are who we thought they were. I, I thought they were going to make the playoffs, though. I'm not I'm sure. Right no one else I'm here not, did. Do you have the Bears above the Vikings or the Packers? Yeah, I don't have the Vikings. I don't have the Vikings in my top five. Mm, me neither. But I but I just said I wanted to put Vikings slash Bears at five. That's not how a list works. And that's right, why I said I picked the Bears. John or Will, please go. Uh, I have the Packers at five. I have the Minnesota Fighting Kirk Cousins at five. I have the Packers there because they are a fraudulent team led by a fraudulent oh, no. coach with a fraudulent quarterback. No, in all, in all seriousness, I think their defense is kind of fraudulent. I don't think it's that good. You can, you can throw on them deep, as Matthew Stafford showed. Uh, you can run on them, as the Eagles showed. I don't think Matt LaFleur is a good coach. I think he is inherently conservative. I think he's going to cost them wins. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers still makes great plays, but he's not comfortable in the system yet. And, and they have no one to throw the ball to. Yeah. They, I, I don't know that their receivers are necessarily going to get better over the coming weeks. I mean, I, I think Devontae Adams can be out for a month. So John I is fuming right now. Look at him. Look at his face. So angry. His, his forehead is moistening. <laughs> That's too much. All right, Sean, number four, who do you got? Uh, I have the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything Brinson said, but I don't think I could put them below you the, do have the You do have them above everyone else in the division, right? Yes. Breach? I was going to put the Packers at number one, but I didn't feel like debating with you guys for an hour about why <laughs> do they're it, the coward. best team in the NFC, But so I have them at number four. Okay. Well, uh, I have the Vikings at number four, purely a spite play. I do think I do think that the Vikings are really good. Um, I'm not again, as I pointed out, they have two divisional road losses against top, well, one top defense and then the Packers fraud defense. Um, I think the usage of play, I almost think that this whole receiver thing is going to end up being a good thing because they started to use play action more. Their defense is awesome. Her cousins can play well. I mean, I'm you know maybe I could probably flip the Vikings to the Packers, but I wanted to be a pain in the ass. Who do you have a fortune accomplished? I'm going with the Panthers. Four and two. Kyle Allen's amazing. The wild card is what is Cam going to look like when he comes back? I left the Panthers off. I wanted to have them on there. I left them off. They're four and two. They'd be the best team in the NFC North. That, well, not that's not that's actually not, the Packers are five and one. <laughs> they would no. I mean, like they would be the best team. I heard you, but just trust me. You think the Panthers would be better than the Packers or Vikings? The Packers are not a good football team. We just, just, we just discussed just, why they're yeah. not a good football team. You guys both just called them frauds in the last five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Just their strength of victory is pretty good. They're beating good teams. That's all. That's all. all right. John, you're up at number three. Yeah, my number three team is the New Orleans Saints. I think that they are better than the Packers and Vikings. They're doing all with their backup quarterback, and when Drew Brees gets back, uh, they're going to be even more on a roll. Their defense has been playing lights out, and, uh, yeah, I like him at number three. I actually agree with you. Mine's the Saints as well. Oh, Same. really? Copying my list? Same. Both of you? I have the uh, Seattle Seahawks at number three. Whoa. That's way too low. Their, Their defense, defense is, is trash. Defense is trash. Defense is trash. Are they more fraud, fraudulent than the Packers? No, Russell. No, way we all know their, and we all know their their defense sucks. No one's calling their defense good. Yeah, they're not frauds. They're just who they are. And I, I think the defense could get better as the season goes along. Um, the running game's pretty good. Offensive line's been okay. Losing Will Disley is a big problem. Tyler Lockett's all. I mean, this is this is basically just Russell Wilson. Like he's gonna win MVP if they if they win twelve games. Because like, like, you know that Pete Carroll this week. After what happened in the third quarter against the Browns, Pete Carroll's going to his tech guy. He's like, hey, make sure Schottenheimer's mic's not actually talking to anyone. And so they're going to let Schottenheimer think he's calling plays, but really it's just Russell Wilson doing his own thing. Do you hear what Pete Carroll said? He actually said he was excited to watch Russell Wilson call plays without Schottenheimer, and he also <laughs> said Schottenheimer was furiously trying to get the the, the headsets fixed. So you guys, do plays. you guys all have the Seahawks at number two? I assume you do. I do. So, I yeah. also do. So just to be clear, my three was just way too low. But you have by one, by <laughs> one full, said that. I didn't yeah. say it. By one full point. It was three? Low. That is insulting and far too low. Where do you three have? is a fraudulent <laughs> number. Who do you have at two? Uh, at two, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Fascinating. You guys, who else has 49ers? You got Carolina at number one, Brinson. You better not. I told you I don't have the Panthers on my list. Who's your number one, Brinson? Wait, wait. Let's wait. we got to go through this. So who do you have at number two, Sean? 
same as you. We just talked about the Seahawks. Seahawks. Okay, we just the Seahawks, old man. We just we did it. Get the drum roll. Number one. I got 49ers number two, and my number one team is the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. If the 49ers played the Saints in a neutral field, they'd beat them nine out of ten times. That's just not true. Yeah, I, I don't just know. told you it's true. The Saints have an awesome offensive line. They have one of the three best running backs in football in Alvin Kamara. Teddy Bridgewater is playing his tail off as a backup right now. They're, they're, they're currently five and one without Drew Brees. The 49ers have the best defense on the planet. Did you see what they just did to Stevens the Rams? Just, they did to who? The Steelers, the Bengals, and the Buccaneers? They played, they they played one six good six. offensive line. They played what? one good offensive line. Every offensive line they played is terrible. Okay. Well, look, I told you what's going to happen. You don't have to believe me. I'll just say I told you so. <laughs> this isn't college football where we use computer ratings, but the Saints have the strongest strength of victory, which means they've beaten the teams with the best records. Uh, the 49ers have the worst out of any of the teams we've mentioned. But the, but in, in in their defense, <laughs> victory sitting around. In their defense, he made the, it. Uh, the 49ers, what? even if the 49ers have played a cupcake schedule, they have for the most part beat up on that cupcake schedule. They have the highest point differential in the NFC, so they've done what they've sure. they're supposed to do. Um, I would say you know, look, the Saints' one loss is at the Rams in a game where Drew Brees went down. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna and they got screwed by the refs on that fumble return that that probably would have changed the outcome of that game. Um they took care of business in Seattle. They beat the Cowboys. Yeah. They snuffed out the Buccaneers and they went on the road and beat the Jaguars and they're about to go on the road and beat the Bears this week. Mm. Okay, that's fine. If they I mean, beat the Bears, I will move them up to number two. Will you admit the Bears are frauds and take them off well, your top five list and then go like hibernate for a month? If Sean? the Bears lose to the Saints? Yes. Actually, yes, because I don't think they can afford to lose the home game at this point against the team with the backup quarterback. I think they have to win. Just to be clear, you will state on this podcast the Bears are frauds and they're off my top five list and Jay Cutler and Mitchell Trubisky suck. I will say the first parts. I will never say Jay Cutler what you want me to say about him. I'm not even going to say that. What did you want you to say? I'm not even going to say it. Saints. Yeah, wait, what, 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 what would you say? I will never say that Jay Cutler. I will never yeah, betray yeah. Jay Cutler. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and they're at the Bears and then the Cardinals before their week nine bye. And so, look, there's a pretty good chance that the Saints are going to be worst case six and two going into their bye in, in, in week nine. And I would presume that Drew Brees is coming back after the bye. So, I mean, I would feel pretty comfortable about the Saints. Right yeah, now. I'm not, for the record, that was Ryan killing you, A, for having – whoever you had, like, one spot below him. Uh, and I'm not going to kill you for having the Saints at one. I debated having them at one. I think even though the Panthers are right there, I think the Saints are winning the division because we know when their quarterback – we know their quarterback for certain is coming back and he's going to be healthy when he comes back because it's an issue of gripping the football. Whereas with Cam, you could see him coming back kind of hobbled and hurt and not being 100%. So the the other thing about this, and just as we talk about it, it's a great topic that you know I came up with to rank these NFC teams um, – Obviously, the uh, we just mentioned our top five. Um, we at least left off either the Bears, Panthers, or Lions or Vikings, right? So we left. Pack, so, I left the Packers off my list. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian said they're frauds. Well, you did a list of the top five teams in the NFC. Instead of putting the team that's in first place, I put the team that's in last place as my number five team. Well, you you're, didn't even, you're a fraud, Ryan. Well, you didn't even have the Packers on your list. I don't you're think what? they're very good. They, by the way, know, in Ryan's list sense, is fraudulent. 
in Ryan's defense, last year the team that was in last place in the NFC North after like six or seven weeks ended up winning the division. So thank you, Sean. Take that, nerds. Go well, ahead. Oh, what are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say that one of the Cowboys or uh, Eagles or dare I say, nope, don't say it. Nope. They're one game back. They're one game back. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're one of the five best teams, even if they win the division. No, 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 no. But I'm saying that you only have five playoff spots because someone will win the NFC East. Okay. So, like, there's, it looks right now like multiple quality teams are going to be squeezed out of the NFC. And now, look, things change. It's early in the season. But, I mean, we just said that there weren't a lot of good teams in the NFC. And we were just saying that every team in the North, you could make, you could make a case in the North. Who said that? Wait, Sean, what were you saying about the team being in last place last year? The Bears were in first place at this time last year. The Bears were in fourth place after like week seven or something. It was they a were, really tight division and they were on, they were in last by a tiebreaker and then they won like, they went like eight and two down the stretch. They were last by a tiebreaker. What? They, they were in last. They were in first place on this date last year. Yes. And then they lost a couple because I actually specifically remember on this podcast, Brinson opened with like, how does it feel, Sean? The Bears are in last place behind the Lions. Preach, you just got dunked on with a moist basketball. What? I dunked on him. I just told him he was wrong. But he caught it, and then he ducked right back on you while he was still hang, uh, hanging in the air. And then oh, fell man, off the no, moist no, rim no, and no. broke his back. Remember, remember the Bears went down to Miami and lost to the Dolphins? And then they lost to the Giants. Bye. Then yes. they lost to the Patriots. I'm looking at the schedule. I don't even remember that game. <laughs> I oh, the, 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 um, the Dolphins game? No, I remember the Dolphins game was crazy. The Patriots game, the Patriots got a special teams touchdown from, uh, Corderell Patterson. I don't, I, I mean, I probably just marked that the off. The Bears were favored against the Patriots, I think. What? Or was it, it was like one or two point. I definitely marked that off as a loss and probably didn't even watch it. They, they came out of their bye, lost at the Dolphins, lost to the Patriots at home, and yes. Did they lose to the Giants? Was that before the bye? Week 13. What's the matter? Was that late in the year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They lost to the Patriots and they ripped off five straight wins before beating the Giants or losing the Giants. And then we were probably like, uh-oh, here comes a Bears collapse. And then they won their last four. Yes. So, I, I specifically remember you taunting me when the Bears were in last and then when the Bears lost to the Giants. Well, they were three and three. They yeah. Just, and you, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, look, there's a lot of a lot of games left. Like, if you rip off five or six straight wins, you know, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Good. Um, Brinson's figured out the playoff formula. He's going to be hired by the Chargers, so they finally understand how to make the playoffs. Well, but conversely, on the AFC side of things, there's the Patriots, Bills, Texans, and Chiefs, Colts. Ravens. Bengals. Ravens. Ravens. I mean, you kind of know how the AFC Raiders. The Bengals could win 10 in a row. We saw the Colts do it last year. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not ruling it out. I said that yesterday. If Sean thinks the Bears can make the playoffs, I should stay on the Bengals bandwagon. I'm writing that down now. Bengals bandwagon until December. Got it. Okay. Breach, write step, write one next to Bengals bandwagon, and then put a number two and write cry. (laughs) Three, order Mitch Trubisky sticker. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. You guys want to get out of here? Um, Oh, we're not ranking AFC teams? No. Is that on the rundown? Rank your top five AFC teams, Breach. <laughs> we just did. No, we're good. Patriots, Bills, Texas, Chiefs. Bills at two? Ravens. The Bills have a better record than the Bears. Mm. Bills, okay, we're Bears, Battlestar Battle Galactica. <laughs> no, I was just reading 
I was going by the record from best to worst, Sean. I wasn't ranking them. Where do you look at to sort your standings? Everywhere. It's in my head. You look at multiple places? I, I look at winsoverwilson.com. It's yeah. the only website well, you can use, you, I guess you can. I guess you can sort by conference on NFL.com. I usually just do it by division. Yeah. You're scrambling, Brinson. You don't know how he does it. I mean, Brinson. You know what, the, know what this well. is? Brinson is like shocked that the podcast didn't go 100 minutes, and he's like, we, I feel like we have to talk about Wait, something. Wait, can right I now. read my favorite tweet that I got from someone about this whole thing? They say, quote, the NFL is scripted. If you didn't know that, then you are now informed. The first half is for the fans. The rest guide the outcomes to the league's liking for the second half. It's an entertainment company. If you didn't know, now you know. It's like wrestling. It is like wrestling. I thought you were going to read Darius Slay's comment on the officiating. What did Darius say? <laughs> that is some weak-ass BS. Except he actually said the BS. Do you think he'll get fined for that? Uh, that would be pretty cruel if he did. He will. How about, you know what? How about the Lions stop taking people? Let's get out of here. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with the Brady Quinn football show. A bunch of more shows this week. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Talk to you guys later. NTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.